You're listening to InfoTrack. To learn more about our guests or listen to past shows, visit InfoTrack online at InfoTrackRadio.com. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. What's the impact on the environment of cutting down trees? If you think deforestation has a huge effect, think again. A recent study has surprising results. Joining us is Brent Sanjin, a professor of environmental and resource economics at The Ohio State University. Professor, before we get to the results, tell us a little bit about how you conducted your study. Where did the data come from? Our hope was to look at the last 110 years of carbon in forests around the world and figure out what potentially happened to that carbon. So we had to work back to that, basically used a a renewable resource model to say, here's what forests looked like then, here's what the demand for wood and other kinds of materials out of forests looked like over an entire century, how much timber got harvested in different regions at different time periods, what timber prices looked like, and what forests looked like at different time periods. And for the most part, we were able to reproduce what the system probably would have looked like. So uh, deforestation, were you surprised at the results of your study? Yes and no. No in the sense that actually if you look at data from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, you can see the evidence that in fact actually over the last 110 years, more carbon has come out of the atmosphere and gone into forests than has gone out of forests and into the atmosphere. And there's a pretty big difference between those two things. The issue is, is people have A, sort of wondered what the explanation for that is. Why is it that we would have put so much carbon back into forests? And B, Given we've had all this deforestation that has happened, which you know people know about, we have evidence that we've deforested large areas in the tropics, why is it that there's so much more carbon out there in forests that are still existing? We have a smaller land base, but we have more carbon in those forests. So you know, our goal was to try to explain a phenomenon that some data sets, a number of data sets, show to be an, a true phenomenon. That is that there's more carbon today than there actually was you know, 100 years ago, despite the fact that we've lost something like 800 million hectares of land from trees. In terms of a future study, do you see going into this more in the future and maybe finding out some other answers to your questions? Yeah. One of the things that we've seen here is that if you look at a particular industry like the forestry sector, you find that this sector has actually been pretty sustainable over a long time period. And one of the reasons for that is that there's a growing demand for wood products. If you want to be a company that's going to be in existence 25, 30, 45 years from now as a wood products company, you have to manage trees over that time period. You have to think about you know, where you're going to get trees in that long, long time frame. These aren't the kinds of things that just grow overnight. So you really have to be thinking about the future. So what we found is that a system like this where there's a growing demand leads people to actually take pretty sustainable decisions of replanting new areas of trees. And that has a huge benefit for the environment. In particular, it has a huge benefit for the carbon cycle and that we take a lot of carbon out of the atmosphere. A second thing on that is that by intensifying management over three or 400 million hectares around the world, maybe that's 600 million to 800 million acres around the world, we've managed to allow billions of hectares to remain untouched. So large areas of land out there actually don't get harvested simply because we've intensified management in other places. And those are great places to store carbon as well. So you get kind of two benefits out of intensifying our management. There was a lot of talk about the Amazon and its global effects on all of us. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, you know, the Amazon is interesting. One of the things that's happened, of course, in the last year, year and a half, is that we've seen an increase in deforestation in the Amazon. And there's lots of explanations, competing explanations for that. That region has seen a massive decrease in deforestation over about a 10 to 15 year period from 2004 really the last year and a half. 
And that seems to have been reversed to some extent. The reality of that is that it probably has to do with government institutions just deciding to enforce the law a lot less actively as they did in the past. So people took advantage of that. When you have a forested area that's owned by the government, I mean, most of the land there that's being deforested is owned by some government entity. You know, the government has to make a decision about how they want to manage that. And if they want to maintain that as a forest stock, then they have to actually exert pressure to do that. And in this case, it looks like the government of Brazil didn't. Over the long run, most of the evidence suggests that deforestation is going to be a smaller and smaller thing. We just don't need that much agricultural land in the future. Agricultural prices continue to fall globally. They've fallen in real terms for over a century now. And that's going to put a lot less pressure on the need to convert lands in the tropics, say in the Amazon or in Indonesia or in other parts of the world. It's going to create a lot less pressure in those regions to convert that land to agriculture. So in the future, it just will probably be less of a problem. We're talking with Brent Sanjin, professor of environmental and resource economics at The Ohio State University, talking about the impact on the environment of cutting down trees. Professor, I've heard that in North America, we actually have more trees today than in colonial times because we put out forest fires and and wildfires. Is that true or false? Well, it's an interesting question whether we have more trees or just more tree stock. I can't comment on whether we have more trees or not because there may actually be fewer trees, but for sure the trees are bigger and they contain more biomass than they did. Yeah, we have a lot less area of land in forests today, and we have a lot more timber and tree stock out there than we had in colonial times, at least based on the estimates that we have from data back then. That's true. And does the type of tree have any factor, you know, if it's a pine forest or oak? I mean, is there any difference in terms of its environmental impact? Yeah, the southern U.S. is a really interesting example. You know, we've converted large areas of land in the south that would be naturally either mixed pine and hardwoods or naturally just hardwoods, upland or bottomland hardwoods. We've converted a lot of those acres into softwood plantations. So those softwood plantations, if you look at them and you compare them to a natural hardwood, would have less carbon at any given point in time. But softwood plantations, we cycle them over 30 years. So every 30 years, we basically cut them down and restart them again. And that means that the average amount of carbon that we have on that site, when we account for those wood products that store carbon for long time periods, either in houses or furniture and other kinds of things for which that material is used, there's a huge net gain to the atmosphere of converting some of those hardwood stands to softwood stands. So, yeah, I mean, they do have different effects in the forest. They have different effects on ecosystems. There's different levels of carbon in the forest. But if we think of the atmospheric effect, in some cases, converting to plantations and managing that way can have a big benefit for the atmosphere. Obviously, companies in the U.S. harvest lumber for construction, for paper, for other uses, As I understand it, they typically will replant when they take out a tree. Is that the case, and is that pretty well uh, managed in most cases? It is. Over most softwood types, over most of the U.S., probably 60 to 70 percent of the wood that gets grown is harvested from some sort of a plantation-type forest that's going to be replanted as soon as the tree is harvested. That's true for most of it. Now, many other cases in hardwood situations in the eastern U.S. where we harvest hardwoods for furniture, you know, some of the high-quality furniture you get. People don't actually replant the trees, but that's okay. Those trees will naturally regenerate. And so they have, you know, harvesting systems in place that will encourage natural regeneration. It doesn't make economic sense to go in and actually plant new oaks, walnuts, et cetera, et cetera, on many natural lands in the east. But those trees come back pretty quickly, and good harvesting plans will encourage regrowth and pretty rapid regrowth. 
Brent Sanjin, Professor of Environmental and Resource Economics at The Ohio State University. Professor, thanks so much for joining us today. This is very interesting. Thank you. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.